Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. Glad you have started the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm, which is going to be very new and improved very, very soon. I know you're going to enjoy I've got some good news for you. I'm going to become your competitor, basically. I'm going to have my own webpage. So you and I may have to may have to brawl a little bit, Joel Coleman. Well, see, here's my thought on that. I'll click on yours if you'll click on mine. Let's shake hands right now. No, we're gonna shake, shake we're gonna shake hands. All right. I don't have COVID. That's the first person's hand I shook in like ten months. I really like no lie, when you stuck it out, it was almost weird, like, do I shake it? No, no, we're shaking hands. You and I we're sitting literally Well, it's not it's not a I'm afraid of catching anything from you. It's we haven't done it with anybody in a year, so it's just weird. Well, I don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, I have, because I've had it. You've had a kid. Yes, that's right. I have so, proof. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, we are already off the rails today on a Friday morning. Thanks for tuning in here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. <laughs> I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. Joel's got a little Strange Brew right there. I, I, I can smell those delicious blueberries that have percolated so well into the coffee. And it's magical, isn't it? It really is something. Blueberry cobbler coffee. That see, that's a million dollar idea. So you combine Shane Reed's million dollar ideas with Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman's million dollar ideas. You know what you've got? A two million dollar idea. A two million dollar idea. Next thing you know, we'll be on TV whining and crying like a baby that somebody's taking away our money. <laughs> Could happen. I wish I knew how to like buy stocks and make money. I off don't. It. I mean, I, I, I would do it for I, like a week and make 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 a bunch of cash and get out. Just get out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, when I see billionaires crying, I'm just like, you know, you could just stop. You just withdraw from society. You know, just hang around your friends and stuff. But you don't, you don't have to be doing this. <laughs> you know, there is a number, and we talked about it, there's a number that you know, you give me that that amount of money, put it in my bank, I'm out the game. Yep. You won't ever see Brian Haydad on Sports Talk Mississippi ever again. And you know, you won't, this podcast will be. I might keep the podcast. It'll be a little bit more raunchy. There would be some more pointed criticisms. There might be a little bit more smack talk. I might have to move you over to XM or something. Technically, no. As a podcast, that's, that's right. Not, you can we're do not. We're, we're, you know, by the FCC, you just have to put like the disclaimer. Or the the the. Don't you have to put something on there that explicit language or something? The following announcement <laughs> has been paid for by the New World Order. No. I, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if I would like first show, like, hey, from this day forward, you're going to hear F words. I'm curious. Like, this podcast have. They don't. It's so a normal re- podcast. I'm going to look at Barst. I'm, I'm going to look at our friend Brandon Walker here. And Brandon Walker. If, if ever there is a podcast. We're going to get would, into wrestling. Would have a rating or something on it. TVMA. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying Probably to see. Probably so. Well, thanks, Strange Brew Coffee House. They, they, they did not expect expect to have all this extra stuff happening for them today. Uh, but no, no rating of any kind. I mean, you just yeah, have to, you, just, you have to listen, and then you hear it, and then you're podca- like, oh, I don't want to listen. You you, no. you listen to a podcast for five minutes, and you know what you're listening. Yeah. To. Okay. I, I think I think that's a common sense thing. You got no one to blame but yourself. If you if you go to a bar stool podcast and then you get offended because of the language, that's well, your fault. Yeah, I mean, ninety nine percent of people know you should know what it is. Bar stool. Yeah, I agree. And when you go to Strange Brew Coffee House, if you get offended by great coffee and good service, well, that's a big problem for you too. Because that's what you're going to get when you go to Strange Brew Coffee House. I had to tie it all together, Joel. You made me really work <laughs> for that one. Our good friends over at College Corner want to remind you that it is a new year and that you need the new gear. It's time to get ready. Duty Noble Field's going to be opening up very soon. You're going to be headed up here for baseball. It's time to put that M over S on your chest and on your head. New stuff. Don't come up here in that same old raggedy stuff. Get yourself a new polo, a new shirt, or if you know it's cold outside, a new pullover, a new hoodie. They've got it all there at College Corner at collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems wants to help your business. They want to help Mississippians, and that's what it's all about. Why do business with somebody out of state? A lot of great. There are a lot of places out there, other people that, that you can do business with, but that money is not happening here in the state of Mississippi. We all need to work together, buy local, and that's what Advantage Business Systems is. Mississippians helping Mississippians, and they've been doing it for nearly 50 years. So why don't you give them a call today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. You can find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. That's right. Help your local business. I saw a thing yesterday, and that made me think. You know, That's dangerous. It is dangerous. You know... Like McDonald's, for instance. Sure. Big-time corporation. That's right. How many times have you gotten an order messed up at McDonald's? Or the ice cream machine didn't work? Or fill in the blank with what Literally may Literally every on. time. But yet, a lot of people would continue to patronize McDonald's, despite all the mistakes. And then you have a local business that might... Let's say they messed up one time. Off, oh, I'm never going back. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> What's the you know, deal You're with not that? wrong. I will say this. Always support your local businesses. I will even say this. I always feel bad when I'm talking about local businesses, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, the manager of the McDonald's is a local guy. He lives here in Starkville. The people who work at the McDonald's are local people. So I get, you know, I feel like all businesses are local, but I do feel like you're correct that people give big chains multiple chances. But if you go to, like, you know, the, the local place one time and it's wrong, I, I never go back there. Yeah. And you're, you're not right. You're not, you're not, you're not wrong in, in your assessment there. So, Yeah. This is a time definitely to be helping your local businesses in any way you can because you don't, you know, when, when we come out of this and we will, you don't want to wake up and be like, okay, where are we going to eat? Oh, well, we got, we got McDonald's and Applebee's. That's all we've got. You know, keep those local businesses going as much as you possibly can. All right. Big game at the hump on a Thursday night, but it is Thursday afternoon as we record. That means we're going to our one and only correspondent to start the show off today. Let's hand it over now. To future Brian. Thanks, guys. This is future Brian reporting to you from the future. Mississippi State falls to South Carolina 75-52 in a game that saw the Bulldogs. Hey, if they had only played the first and the third quarter, State would have won by one. But as it is, State loses by 23, just really hammered in the second and uh, fourth quarters uh, this evening. A game where you know South Carolina only shoots 41% from the field. They're 2 of 13 from behind the arc. But State's shooting was just putrid. 33.8% for the game. 3 of 14 from behind the line. 5 of 15 from the line. 
just awful game offensively for Mississippi State. And I feel like we're going to have the same discussion here that we had about the men's team, where you know it's not this, uh, it's not this, uh, this loss is the problem. I think everybody expected Mississippi State to lose, and honestly, probably expected them to lose pretty badly. It's the other losses that are killing this team right now. The way they lost to Kentucky, the way they lost to Alabama, the way they lost to Texas A&M, and honestly, the way they beat Ole Miss and how it was so close, everybody's down on this team right now. And honestly, I feel like the team is down on themselves. Their body language is rough. I I just they, 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 they don't have it right now. And I think the biggest problem Mississippi State fans have, by and large, uh, is that it's just so different than a year ago. This team doesn't play with the same energy and excitement of uh, of, of a team that they played under Vic Schaefer. And you know, that, that's tough to hear. I know nobody really wants to say it. And I understand that Vic Schaefer left. There's nothing you can do about that. But that's that's why I think MSU fans, if this team was still out there competing really hard and just losing, I think people could live with it. But you really can see that they're not. They're just not playing with that same amount of, of energy and excitement they have in years past. And that's on Nikki McCray-Penson to, to get that. I, th- I don't blame her for all of the problems here. Obviously, I, along with most everybody else, overestimated the talent on this team. But you got to be able to get these, these, guys, these, these ladies playing hard. And they're just not playing hard right now. It just doesn't feel like they are. Rakia Jackson and Jessica Carter combined for uh, first 27 points, but most of that was in garbage time tonight. Um, just awful. Jemaya Mingo-Young with five. Mathari only had four on two of seven shooting. Maya Taylor had 10. She did her best, but only so much you can do there. Um, Sydney Cooks, 2 of 6 shooting. Katarian Thompson, those two transfers, Cooks and Thompson, I think State had big expectations for them this year, and they just have not delivered in any way. Um, I feel like Madison Hayes, you know, she only had one point tonight, but four rebounds and and a couple of steals. I feel like she plays with effort. She felt like, there were times I felt like she was the only one playing with a lot of effort, so... This is a team that's going to have to do some soul-searching right now. They've, they've got to find a little something going on. They're not doing it right this second, so we'll see what happens with them. Just not a great night for Mississippi State. They're 8-5 and five now. They only lost six games all of last season. And honestly, when you watch them play, I, I don't know. I, I will tell you right now, I think they're going to make the tournament. But it's going to be a lot closer than mo- anybody on earth would have guessed three months ago. They're, just because they're not playing well. They're in, they're in a funk right now. I feel like if they could snap out of it and get a win, they could roll off three or four wins in a row. Now, it's going to be tough. The next game is against Tennessee. You still have Arkansas coming up who beat UConn tonight. So, we'll see. But right now, this team is just not in a good place mentally. And that's going to be on Nikki McCray-Penson and staff to try to figure it out. Uh, she, you know, she shifted up the lineup a few times, but that, it just doesn't seem to be working. Whatever she's thrown, I'll give her credit. She's thrown a lot of stuff out there. She's playing a lot of players, trying to find the right combination. It's just not working for Mississippi State for for whatever reason. And I don't know if that's with Schaefer gone. If that's because you lost the leadership, you know, so you, they've lost so many leaders over the past three, four years. And you think about losing that core of Vivians and Williams, or William, I'm sorry, and Johnson and Schaefer, and then the next year you lose McCowan. And Jazz Holmes, and then now Jordan Danbury's finally gone, and you know, really, all you've got left from those teams is Maya Taylor, and so she can't do it all by herself. But nobody else has stepped up to to help her. So, really tough, uh, tough times for Mississippi State women's basketball right now. All right, back to the uh, the podcast for a little football talk. Let's go back to present day 
Joel and Brian. All right, let's move on in to some football talk, some more of the year two talk here. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. But, as you may have seen today, now they're becoming your fit. I love using this word, but you ready? Fishmonger. I love love the term fishmonger. (laughs) But delicious seafood now available at Welcome Home Beef. By land or by sea, they've got you covered. Yeah. The Cowfish. That's actually a restaurant. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Cowfish. They make burgers and sushi. Oh, and they have, a, they have, I think it's a sushi. I don't know if it's a sushi roll or one of the burgers, but I think it's a sushi roll. It's called the Ric Flair roll. Ooh. Yes. So if I ever if I ever go to Cowfish, I'll get one. But I don't need to go to Cowfish. I can just go get cow and fish and welcome home beef. Red snapper, yellowfin tuna, triple tail. You ever had triple tail? Oh. That is a fantastic piece of fish. Delicious. Really, really good. And grouper. Trying to eat a little bit better? Fish is the way to go. Yeah. You can get a, you, fish is one of those things that you can eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And it's no calories. It's like eating air. And it's delicious. But of course... Unless you fry it, there may be a calorie or two. Well, you got to be careful. Don't fry it. You know, Fish like this, you're not frying... Who's frying tuna? Yeah. I'm, or triple tail. That, that's that's pan-fried. Not, not deep-fried. Get your, what is it, omega-3s or whatever? Yeah. There you go. I take fish oil every morning. Keeps, try to keep my good cholesterol up. See? I mean, you look healthy to me. Well, healthy is a... Yeah. In 1600, I'd have been like the richest guy in town. <laughs> so. Well, you don't have to be the richest guy in town to enjoy Welcome Home Beef. They've got plenty of great stuff. Fish, beef, pork, by land or by sea. Don't know about the air yet. Not sure there's any chicken up in there. We'll find out. Could be happening very soon. So, give them a call today. you got a lot of options for meals here. No matter what you're wanting to cook, Welcome Home Beef can put together something for you right now. Give them a call today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. And as Joel says, by land or by sea, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. All right, Joel, we're going to look into the uh, uh, the world of year two of Mike Leach. We're going to continue our little series here. And today, you know, we've been so positive these last couple of weeks. Ah, Let's get back into my wheelhouse here. I'll preface all of this with, we're going to talk about you know, where could take state, take state take a step back. Yeah. But I will preface this with this. I think this team is going to be much better next year. I think offensively, all of the players you saw are just going to get better. I think defensively, you saw a, a, a team. I feel like next year's defense is more talented than last year's defense. And we saw what Zach Arnett was able to do with that. All in all, I'm very positive about this team. But they're not Alabama. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not going to just be reload. There are some some big issues here and there. I think we have to start with the offensive line. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, you don't lose much from that group though. Mm-hmm. So there's that. If you, I guess what Parker is he is he the only? Is Doran Parker the only Island. loss? Island. That's right. Greg Island. Yeah. And then James Jackson was a contributor. He's in the transfer portal. Yeah. I just, I don't know what we're gonna get out. I don't know what we're gonna see out of that group. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know where to begin because I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of a coin flip, and that's probably not a great. It's probably not a great place to be when you're trying to produce a pod about positives, negatives. But I mean, do you feel confident one way or the other saying what you're gonna see out of Mississippi State's offensive line? My first thought is they're gonna be improved. I think 
from a position standpoint, like moving Dollar Bill inside, I think is going to help a lot. I think having Scott Lashley available is going to help a lot. I think everybody having another year of reps is going to help a lot. I think bringing in Nick Jones is is a guy who I think can contribute immediately as a JUCO guy. But in the SEC, where you're facing so many elite defenses, and I don't mean elite in terms of the stats they put up anymore, because those days are sort of you know in the past now. People are going to score points. They're going to give up yards. I mean elite in terms of the talent. All right, there there are still elite defensive linemen and linebackers in the SEC. And at the end of the day, outside of Charles Cross, there's not a lot of blue chip talent. You know, you got you got, you got a bunch of grinders. So does State have what it takes to win those one on one matchups? I mean, especially with Cross, you know, we saw him get beat some this year, and that's fine. He's a redshirt freshman in an offense that throws the ball 50, 60 times a game. He's going to take. They're going to. He can't block. You can't block a guy 60 times in one game. You just can't do it. He's going to get through a couple of times. Yeah. So how much better can he be in year two? You know, how much can Cole Smith Cole Smith was inconsistent this year, you know? There were some games where he looked great. There were some games where the snaps were low, the snaps were high, the snaps were over the head, and, and he was missing blocks. He's got to be a lot better. There's where it feels year. like like Cross and Cole Smith, the guys that are back and will be in the same spots that they were last year. You feel like those guys in particular will definitely take steps forward. You you should, yeah. It's the question marks are the dollar bill changing positions. Or Scott Lashley, who didn't play a year ago, coming off the injury, he hadn't had any, I guess, live reps in this offense yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are you going to get out of him? You just don't know. Um, there are spots, whether it's Cross, whether it's Cole Smith, the guys that are back and that will be that that, that had these reps a season ago, where you should feel confident that they're not going to be any worse, kind of thing. To, to look at it that way, right? It, it's tough to imagine them taking a step back, but. There are big questions for the guys that are either being inserted for the first time or mm-hmm. Scott Lashley. I know he was here Wait. last year but didn't play in the offense. I mean, we saw last year that the first-time guys in this offense, that offensive line, it didn't always work out well. So Has has LaQuinston Sharp said he's, he's coming back? Has that been made official? I don't know if I've seen an official announcement, okay. but that's been the expectation. Because I've been wondering, you know, I was just trying to piece together the line in my head, right? And left guard is so where I am where I don't know who the guy is. I think it's going to be Cross, question mark, Smith, uh, Johnson, dollar bill, and Jones at right tackle. Lashley and, and Nick Jones. Uh, when I say Jones, Cam Jones is who I'm talking about. Who I thought that he was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I thought he guy had no expectations for. Um, and then, you know, Lashley, Nick Jones providing some depth. Um, then beyond that, I don't really know. That's another concern this year. Is like last year I felt like, I felt like there were seven or eight guys. You know, who are who are the first guys off the bench now for Mississippi State? You know, uh, Lashley's one. I was going to say, like, who, who's who's the backup center? Don't know. I mean, these mean, are the questions we have to ask ourselves. I, I don't know the answer to that. So, so depth is a question, and you know, like we said, we feel like they're going to take a step forward, but they have to do it. So I'm, I, I've got myself wondering if I just know who the backup center is just from looking at the. Uh, I mean, you, you see Brandon Cunningham; he's moved over to the defensive side of the ball. I don't know who it is. Yeah, I don't. 
I'm not sure. You know, I know that Cannon Boone, they said, is probably going to move to center, but I can't imagine as a true freshman he would be the first guy off the bench. So I don't know. They've got to find that guy. So we'll see. Um, Do you think there's anybody, Albert Reese or somebody, that, that may contribute year one? That's a, it's talking about the freshman, the yes, high school guys? Yes, yes. So what do you got? You got Reese, you have Boone, and the other two guys are Juco's, right? Him and Car- um, Nick Jones Cavazos, and Carson Williams. Cavazos. Cavazos. Well, you got Cavazos yeah, kind of a- sort of in flux right now. Yeah. If you haven't seen that uh, being reported that he's uh, he's no longer on campus and he's, they're talking about him coming back, but evidently the the, the <laughs> it's sort of funny, right, when you think about it. The, the shock of Stark, Starkville, some urban shock coming from Lake Comoran, I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, I don't know the full situation there, so I won't pretend to, but right. I will say that I mean, I, I remember being 18-year-old Joel, just mm-hmm. 25 minutes up the road from Ackerman, but first semester in college was at Mississippi State. I went from Ackerman High School, and I graduated in a class of like 50, maybe like 53 people, and then I step on campus, and I hop into a like college algebra. I had 200 and something. And I, I was a little bit intimidated um, by some of the first-year college things. How many people were in your, your graduating class? At Ackerman? Yeah. Like 53, I think. Okay. That's about the same here. I was like at 48. But yeah. I guess it, for whatever reason, it didn't bother me. So I don't know. Of course, I was well, really I mean, a terrible student. Bother so is a, bother's the wrong word. It didn't bother me, but I was, I mean, it was. it's intimidating when you go from being a, at a, in a small pond to all of a sudden you're in a classroom with 250 other people. No, and, if, right, right. And, and for me, anyway, I was the type, like, I mean, I had questions in college. Like, math has always been my hard thing why i ended up in the journalism field i guess but i would have questions that i wouldn't ask because i'm in a classroom with 250 people i'm not in a classroom with 20 you know um so i mean there were things about the first year of college experience that was a little bit difficult on me i can't imagine being a guy and look gabe was a mid-year enrollee here so he's probably he may be 17 yeah i, I, I don't know what his birthday is but wrong. i mean all of a sudden, you leave Lake Cormorant and you, you get up here and you got to do all these workouts like you've probably never done in your life, and not to mention classes. And I mean, that's a lot. And you know, living away from home for I guess the first time in your life, and it's a, a lot of people would probably look at that and say, "Oh, soft. He's supposed to be an offensive lineman or whatever." But I mean. This is a 17-year-old guy, and it's just I probably... I agree. Anyway, I don't know the full situation. But. Well, all that to say, no, I don't think there'll be a lot of the true freshmen contributing. This yeah, year. I don't... <laughs> I think that the, this situation, whatever it is, probably hurts his cause to be a, that kind of guy <laughs> in year one anyway. No, I so. agree. Uh, what's the next spot we need to look at? I mean, I think they'll be good, but defensive line, you're losing Kobe and Marquise... Mm-hmm. I mean, to Do just, we know for sure Nathan Pickering is coming back? I, last I checked on all that, it was a pretty definitive he's coming back. Okay. But that was a few weeks ago now. Right. Um, I have heard no different to think that he won't be coming back. So I, I'm, I'm going forward with the assumption until I hear different that he will be back. But still, you know, losing Kobe and Marquise is mm-hmm. a pretty big hit. And you're having to move Jordan Davis. He's moved down to defensive end. I think. I think, and I think we talked about this uh, uh, last week. I think your starting D line in the the first three 
are Pickering in the middle with Crumity and Davis on the outside. And that allows you to sort of artificially create some depth because then you can move Crumity inside and let Pickering have a series off, and then Pickering can be inside while Crumity's having a series off outside. So the good news there is you've got two really good nose tackles. Uh -huh. And as we talked yesterday about Jeff Simmons and the rumblings, that makes the difference for a lot of things. you got two guys right there that I really, really like. But you're right that at the ends, there's just not a lot of experience. I mean, Jordan Davis was a linebacker last year. I, I, you go back to last uh, offseason, and I talked about Jordan Davis. I said I think he could be a guy who could play with his hand on the ground if you want him as a pass rusher. So I think it's a good fit. I don't, I'm not too terribly worried about that. But you, see, you know, the defensive line and the linebackers are sort of tied together, and there's just not a lot of, of proven depth there. You know, you need Randy Charlton to be able to come in and be a good player right off the bat. Aaron Odom, uh, Jack Harris. One of our listeners mentioned De Javon Banks. We didn't talk much about him. Uh, Arm Armandus, I think is his name, Cooley. Those guys who, you know, played small roles last year or redshirted need to really step up this season and, and give MSU a consistent five, six guys that they can count on. There. Yeah. And right now, you don't know for sure that that's, that's going to be the case. Yeah. Um, Charlton seems like a guy that should be able to step right in. and Should. But, I mean, we've been saying that. But, I mean, it just feels like I've been saying that more than once, you know. Yeah, you're right. But that's huge if he does. Oh, it's it's, it's If, a, if it's you told me today that yeah. he did, I mean, could you expect him to give you a, a, a Kobe Jones-esque season? Is that a fair expectation? Well, I mean, especially when you look at the stats, it's not like Kobe Jones had yeah, 15 well, sacks or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's that's a good, fair expectation. But, again, what we're talking about, our, our, our topic here is where could it go wrong? This is where it could go wrong, is yeah. that Charlton isn't able to contribute. And Jordan Davis struggles swing, switching to a defensive end. And then you've got some issues there. Oh yeah, you absolutely do. So, and then you sort of, like I said, you've sort of weakened linebacker, and let's talk about that now because that's obviously the biggest question mark. Because you've got Tyus, Tyrus Reed, Wheat there, and you got Aaron Brulee. You feel good about those two guys. And then what do you have behind them, and what do you have in the middle? Now I saw Paul Jones report that Deshaun Page is looking to move into the middle. Somebody was listening. <laughs> Once again, we are dictating policy at Mississippi State. Um. But in all honesty, you just don't have a lot of proven guys there at the linebacker position. The good news is, and I think we said this before, is that's Arnett's position that he coaches. Yeah. And I feel like he might be the best coach on the staff. Yeah, and you feel good about having Nathaniel Watson there that can play any of the positions. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, you're right. I mean, who, who do you have? I mean, there's your top four guys, I guess, maybe. Um, Brule, Wheat, um, Page, Watson. Beyond that, I mean, you're going to have to get some production out of who? Uh, Jet Johnson? I mean, <laughs> you know, you, 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 how far do you, how far do you trust going down that linebacker list till you start getting to folks that you you just don't know? I mean, you may we may have already listed everybody. You know, I mean, when we talk about linebackers, I mean, Jet Johnson, Rodney Grosh, or Groshy or whatever it is. Um, those are guys you I mean, you know, that you don't have a lot of, of they don't have a lot of experience, and they don't have a lot of. Well, you don't have any any faith in 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 what they bring because right. you haven't seen it. Right. It's not that they can't bring it, but you 
could somebody move into one of those spots? A guy who did not play very much last year, J.P. Purvis. But he's, I mean, you look at his frame, you think that's a guy who, sh- who probably should be a linebacker. DeMonte Russell, you know, is he finally going to be healthy and ready to contribute? Uh, you're going to need those guys. Basically, right now, after, there, there's there's at least one linebacker that that outside of Brule and and Wheat that needs to have a huge year that we're not talking about or that we don't know who it is. Somebody like Page, Russell, Watson, one of them needs to. I mean, you need Errol Thompson's production filled. Somebody has to do it. And then, of course, you know, that's not even bringing up things like leadership and everything else that Errol Thompson gets. Who, who, who's the leader on this defense next year? Is it Brule? That's my first thought. I mean, yeah, that's a – in hearing him and in, in his interviews and things, he sounds like a guy that wouldn't be afraid to kind of take over that leadership role vocally and in a production standpoint. Um, I'm just trying to think who are, who are some other candidates for that. Nathan Pickering's a young guy, and I don't know how – I don't think him opting out affects it at all. Mm-hmm. He, he's a guy that will be a leader of this defense. If he's not, if he's not already, that's coming. I mean, he is just a he. He is just a a guy that, as you talk to him, seems like a guy that can, I guess, very well verbalize anything that needs to be verbalized. And he he just seems like a very mature um, dude that I think this defense can rally around in the future. Um, guys like Emerson, I don't know if. I don't know if Emerson is is as much of a vocal leader as right. he is just he's a really good football yeah. player. Um, I I don't really know though. I mean, I'm just throwing out names, but whereas in the past you knew Errol and Kobe yeah. in particular, those two guys, you knew what you were getting there from a leadership standpoint. I don't know if there's anybody that you just circle and you're like he's the he's the one. I don't. Yeah, I agree. You brought up Emerson, and that's sort of like the last spot for me is that. After Emerson and Forbes, you don't know. You really don't. You don't really know what you have. I mean, you have Furge, who was uh, serviceable. Yeah. And then beyond that, I mean, you got Jalen Green, but he may end up playing some safety. So I think Jalen Green is sort of the emergency corner. If Forbes or uh, or Emerson were to get hurt, they'd move him. Uh, And then that means you have to play shuffle the deck in the back on the back end there with the safeties too, but. I feel like between Green, Fred Peters returning, C.J. Morgan returning, J.P. Purvis playing this year, Janari Dean playing this year, th- there's a, there's enough guys there I can figure out the combination. But corner is an issue, you know. Next year you're going to have to recruit two true corners, and you know. And I, I know I'll be totally honest with you at this point. If State couldn't get C.J. Johnson, I, I, I honestly might not. Close the door on Jadarius Perkins just to get a corner in here. Well, he's he's already he's in Missouri. Oh, is he committed? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. He tweeted it. Well, look at that. Well, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he is a Mizzou Tiger. Well, good for him. Well, never mind my idea then. <laughs> Don't worry about what I. Yeah, have, um, Dave Matter, who covers Missouri, um, actually tweeted yesterday that he was. That Jadarius Perkins was in their student directory at Missouri, and then I, I think it was—it may have been today—that Perkins tweeted that he was a Mizzou Tiger with some photos and all. There you go. You there looking? it is. Yeah, 
I wanted to see it for myself. I'm, I, you know, just making sure he actually, uh, you know, picked the spot. Congrats to him. I will respect his decision. Anyway, but yeah, the the backup corners that's an issue. So what are we saying here? Let's 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 sum it up here. It's funny that the offensive skill positions were totally good. Yeah, I don't have any concerns there. But O line needs to improve. D line and linebackers have to find some depth, and you you better stay healthy at corner. Is that basically our 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 plan there? Yeah, and here's what I'll say. While most of the questions are defensively. After what Zach Arnett did with that bunch last year, there's questions, yeah. But in the back of my mind, it's like he's gonna figure it out. <laughs> we only saw him for 11 games as the defensive coordinator, at Mississippi State. But man, after what he did with that unit last year, it's tough to, despite all the questions we just mentioned, it's tough to not look at what Zach Arnett did last year and think, yeah, well, he, good. he's gonna arrange the deck chairs yeah, however not, they need to be arranged. I'm not. Um, that's sort of why I'm. I'm not. I'm not too stressed about the. De- I think that this team is going to be good because I know that Jack Arnett can work with whatever you give him defensively. I think offensively you'll be much improved. I, th- I really do think that the having a spring and everything will help the offensive line tremendously. So we'll see where it goes. So even in a show where we we're, we try to take a little bit of a negative slant, I feel like overall it's positive. So yeah. Take that doom and gloom. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sunday we got to record before. Oh no no. I, I remember what it was now. Okay. I remember the thing. The thing. Our Royal Rumble predictions. So, uh, let me see if I can find the betting odds here. My, I, I've, I've seen a couple of things, Joel, that have said that they're going to go the spooky route. That lends itself to what I was thinking for who's going to win this. And that's The Fiend. I think you set The Fiend up against Drew McIntyre as your WrestleMania main event. Because with Reigns... I'm still holding out hope for The Rock, but it feels to me that... I maintain that if you want to do Rock uh, Reigns, he, he, do, he doesn't need to win the He needs the no build-up whatsoever. Uh, the betting favorites right now, as of this moment in time, Daniel Bryan is, is the biggest favorite. Now, I haven't been watching WWE. Is, is that been, they've been working towards that? Uh, actually, he's been losing a lot lately. He yeah. lost to Cesaro, I think, last week. Imagine that. Keith Lee is four to one. Big E is seven and a half to one. Let me tell you the guy that yesterday, whenever we had this rumbling question, I said it's kind of been creeping into my mind. Is he on the bet nods? Seth Rollins. Rollins is sixteen to one. So it's good value there. Because you could have that shield WrestleMania a little bit there. Have Rollins reigns. You got to turn Rollins face face. to do it. I have a question. It says it's got Drew McIntyre listed. He's not in the Rumble, is he? If he loses the title earlier in the night to Goldberg, I guess he could oh, get in God, it. I don't let that happen. What about Lesnar? Have they? They haven't said. Yeah, he, had, he hadn't right. been on there since. But that that's, that that sets it up right then, right? That he could be the big surprise coming in at number thirty and just clear everybody out of there. Maybe. And let. So which way do you go with that? I don't think you go Lesnar McIntyre two years in a row. Do you go Lesnar Reigns? You've done then, that then, before. Then too. Brock's got to be a face in that instance. He would be though. Coming back, he would be the face. It sets up because he's got Heyman. Because he's got that. Reigns We're on to something. We might be on to something here. All right. So let's let's do two picks then. That that's a you, it's a it wrote itself, Joel. That's why they won't do it. Yeah, I mean you've had Brock Reigns at WrestleMania before, mm-hmm. but that was with Heyman, and 
in Brock's corner. You've switched it. Yes. Yeah. I actually like that idea. Of course you do, Joel. It makes too much sense. Not. It's good stuff, Why are Joel? we not on the booking committee I'm just here? saying. All right. The women. Ronda Rousey. Going to make a surprise appearance. Come back. She's been out for a long time. She's 16 to 1 right now. Thing is, if she's going to come back, I guess there's time to do it. She needs to be challenging Charlotte. Okay. If she, if she comes back, and Charlotte's not the champ, so. But I mean, you well, could always could, she, yeah, you could get the belt you on could, her. Yeah, you could figure out a way. What about uh, Bianca Belair? It seems like it's her time, right? She's uh, she's, she's, kind the, of, she's, she's the odds-on favorite. She's kind of been getting the push. Uh-huh. And then you have Alexa Bliss, who's turned into you know the female fiend. You could see that working for her too. Um, Bailey's ten to one. Charlotte is fourteen to one. Shayna Baszler's an interesting one. They yeah, sort of, they sort of. She's sort of. She's kind of been in the tag team scene yeah, here lately, though. I, all right. So who? All right. Let's make our predictions then. By the way, the the biggest odds are Vince McMahon. Is Rhea Ripley at all on the odds? Rhea Ripley is three and a half to one. Ooh, so she's up near the. Yeah, she's near the top. You can get you can get uh, Shane McMahon or Vince McMahon at uh, two hundred and fifty to one. I'm gonna go ahead and say that a. 70-something-year-old Vince McMahon is not winning the role. It'd be the greatest thing I ever did. May my legacy be good stuff. He would then be a two-time Royal Rumble winner. <laughs> he would be. All right. Who's who's your women's pick? Uh, it's so difficult to pick a, a somebody that hadn't been on the show in right. a year. But I, I'm not going to go right. I'll, I'll say Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. I feel like the obvious choice is never the right choice with with WWE. Well, I just feel like the EST versus the boss. Uh, I mean, I like where you're w- going would, there. Would be a, but I I think they're going to do a double here. Okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna tell you both my picks. I'm gonna go Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. We're going double spooky. So who's your guy? Uh God, the Lesnar thing just makes so much damn sense. It does, and now that you've said it. They're gonna want box office with Roman right now. I mean, you got would get you got to go box office with Roman. You, you can't just do. Look, I wish Big E. I hope he gets him a push. I hope one day Big E's the champ. But like Big E versus Roman, that's not WrestleMania box office yet. I'm gonna stick with our idea. I say Brock Lesnar makes a return, wins the Rumble, challenges Reigns at WrestleMania, and I will say Bianca Belair wins. All right. You heard it here first. That's what shocked my memory is we got to record early Sunday because we'll be watching the Royal Royal Rumble. So we'll have our podcast up Sunday. We didn't really talk about Mississippi State, Iowa State, but God knows what it is there. That's that's Iowa State is a terrible basketball team. State needs to win that. Oh, you know, if State loses that game, we're going to have some things to discuss. We will. We will. So we'll do that on Sunday. Back with you guys then. Have a great weekend for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.